you have your Bible and you would like to share the reading of God's Word with me today, I'm going to ask you to turn to a very familiar portion of Scripture that is found in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse number 1. So Jeremiah chapter 18 and verse number 1. As I said, I'm sure that this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. I sought the Lord as we approached this service, and the Lord just stirred my spirit so till this word was just speaking to my heart so loudly and so vividly. Jeremiah chapter 18 in verse number 1, the Bible says, And the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he, the potter, He wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, and so he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Cannot I do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. As the clay is in the potter's hand, even so are you in my hand. Bow your heads where you are and let us pray together. Heavenly Father, this morning we come to you and ask for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to give us divine ability. I pray today, Father God, that you will allow us to hear what the Spirit would speak to our hearts. I pray that you would put your word in my mind, that you would inspire my thoughts, that you would inspire my speech. That this morning, Heavenly Father, you will give us liberty here in the house of God to be an effective minister of the word of the Lord. I pray today, Heavenly Father, that those that hear will be blessed in their spirit and that they will grow by the word that you have laid upon my heart. And Father, that we will recognize the value of marred vessels. I ask today, Father, that Jesus' name will be glorified and that the people of God will be edified. And Father, for all of these things, we will be eternally grateful. We ask them in the mighty and awesome name of Jesus and everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. So I want to title what the Spirit of the Lord has laid upon my heart. I want to title the message this morning, The value of broken vessels. The value of broken vessels. 
Let me begin by just simply asking a question this morning. What does the Bible say about our brokenness? What does the Word of God have to teach us concerning our marred and broken areas of our life? According to Webster's Dictionary, the word broken can have several different meanings. It means to violently separate into parts or to shatter, to be marred, to be crushed, to be dysfunctional. To not operate correctly. The word brokenness speaks to us as it relates to the messy and the imperfect areas of our life. The word brokenness, like the marred clay in the hands of the potter here in our text, implies that there are some substandard or faulty imperfections that cause us to function improperly or incorrectly. How many of you know this morning that if an item is broken, then it cannot function the way that it was intended to function? It cannot function properly. If we are honest with ourselves, we could all attest to the fact that in some way or another we have all experienced brokenness in our own lives. We are all broken vessels. We are all, each one of us, are marred vessels. Each one of us live with the brokenness of our mistakes and our failures. Any of you here this morning ever made any mistakes or had any failures? Put me at the top of the list. Each one of us here this morning live with the brokenness of our sin and the brokenness of our past failures. I've had my share. We all live with the brokenness of our indiscretion and because each one of us, amen, we are constantly battling and warring, amen, against our fallen nature. There are many in this world and even some of you right here in this auditorium who live with the brokenness of injured feelings. The brokenness of an unhealthy childhood, the brokenness of an unhealthy relationship or a hurtful encounter that transpired along the road of life. The brokenness of addictions and compulsions. uh, The brokenness of cruel and angry words uh, that were spoken in a moment that cut like a knife. uh, Amen. uh, From someone who was dealing with their own brokenness. Someone who was dealing with their own hurts and their own damage. What I'm saying this morning is that there is a world. There is a world of people that is filled with broken hearts. There is a world of people that are filled, amen, with a broken spirit. There is a world filled of people with broken relationships. And so I ask the question again, what does God have to say about our brokenness? What does God have to say about 
the broken vessels in our own life or the broken areas in our own life. I submit to you this morning that God's approach is very different than our approach. Amen. I submit to you that God's approach to our brokenness is very different than our approach to brokenness. If you stop and think about it for a moment, we live in a world or we live in a society, amen, that we are all too often too quick to discard items that have been damaged or broken. How many of you know we live in a throw away or a throw it out kind of society? <laughs> Damaged goods are quickly rejected and thrown out. The marred, the impaired, the diminished items are quickly disposed of. There was once a time in our nation that when something was broken, people sought to fix it. They sought to repair it. They sought to restore it. Amen. But we have come to the place where we just simply throw it away. And get another one. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? We have allowed that with things. But we have also traded that mentality for relationships. Hello? We have also taken that same throwaway mentality and we have applied it to people. If people are damaged, if people are broken, if people are marred, we have a tendency and we have the mentality to just simply do away with it. That's our approach. I promise you this morning, that is not God's approach. Nowadays, when something becomes broken, we no longer seek to repair it. We just simply throw it out and buy a new one. Amen. You've heard the term, it would cost more to repair than it would to just buy a new one. That's because it's all made in China. <laughs> Hello? Amen. We've become programmed to associate the marred and the flawed and the imperfect as something that is useless. And we equate it to waste. We equate it to waste. And the problem is that we have transferred that same mentality from things to people. I want you to know this morning, amen, God placed upon my heart, the Holy Spirit laid upon my heart. The point that I'm trying to make is we need to understand the value and the importance of broken vessels. We need to understand that God does not look at broken vessels as waste, but God sees broken vessels as an opportunity, amen, we may be we may be broken, we may be impaired, and we may be disfigured, but I came to tell somebody this morning that God can take what is broken and God can repair the disfigured and God can reshape and remold it into something that he can use for his glory. God can take the defaced and the flawed, the blemished and the damaged and give it a Holy Ghost makeover. Hallelujah. 
He can mend, he can reform, he can take what's been broken in our lives and put it back together and make something beautiful for the kingdom of God. How many of you here this morning have been feeling like you are in the process of having to start over? How many of you feel as though you have been broken in pieces and slam dunked through the goalposts of life? Hello? How many of you have ever felt like your life is just spinning out of control and, amen, you are just being thrown in a tailspin? Let me just suggest to you this morning that it just might be that you have been placed upon the potter's wheel. It just might be that you have been placed upon the potter's wheel. It just might be that God is desiring to mold your brokenness into something beautiful. It just might be that the pressure that you feel is nothing more than the tender hand of God prodding and molding and reshaping a new direction in your life. I came to tell somebody this morning that God is not going to throw you away, but God wants to pick you up and bring some restoration back into your life. Mm. Have you ever watched a potter as he or she works their craft on the potter's wheel? My wife and I, some years ago, we finished preaching a revival. Her and I were traveling together and we preached a revival in Tulare, California. And on the way home, we had some time, and we decided that we would go through Zion National Park and spend some time together and just enjoy some downtime together. And so we drove to Zion National Park, and we spent several days just enjoying the beauty of the area, having time to ourselves. And one day we were driving from one area of the park to another area of the park. And we came upon a little pottery. My wife recognized the name of the pottery because one of her good friends, Sherry Olson, had purchased some pottery from Meacham Pottery in Wyoming. The guy was up there traveling with his wares and selling things and Sherry had to be in the happened to be in the area and she purchased some stuff and so anyway my wife said, Oh, 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 you gotta stop. I'm like, why? She goes, That's Meacham pottery. That's where Sherry got that pottery from. And I'm like, okay, so we turned around and we went back and the gentleman that had the pottery shop he was in and he was sitting at his potter's wheel, and he said, come on in. And we went into the pottery shop, and I stood there watching him mold that clay as he would add or apply just the right amount of moisture and just the right amount of pressure and just the right amount of spin and the right amount of everything as he worked his magic. And this setting of scripture came to my mind. 
the setting of scripture came to my mind and I remember thinking what a profound effect that this must have had upon Jeremiah as he is instructed of the Lord. Go down to the potter's house and I will speak to you there. God said, I've got a word that I want to give to you. I have something that I want to teach you. I have something that I want to share with you. Go down to the potter's house and I'll make my word known unto you. I will cause you to hear my words. So scripture declares that Jeremiah obeys the voice of the Lord and he goes down to the potter's house. Much like I stood there in the potter's shop in Utah. And that potter was working on a vessel. And the Bible says, and I want you to take notice of it. The Bible says that the vessel was marred. In verse number 3, Jeremiah says, I went down to the potter's house. And behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred. It was marred, it was broken, it was cracked, it, something wasn't right. It was, it was marred in the hand of the potter. And so the potter determined that he would make of it another vessel that seemed good to the potter. Amen, the potter didn't throw the clay away. He didn't throw it out, he just determined to reshape it and reform it and restore it. The word mar means that it was blemished. It means that it was flawed. It was disfigured. It was tainted. It was, de- it was devalued. It was imperfect. It was defective and damaged. Many of us are the same way. But I want you to understand this morning that God does not throw us away. The potter did not cast the clay aside, but he began to remold it. He began to reshape it. He began to restore it. He began to make of it another vessel. And then look at verse 5. The Bible says, Then the word of the Lord flowed over Jeremiah's heart, and God said to him, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter says the Lord, behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Amen. Here I want to show you something this morning. Amen. God can take a broken vessel and make it another vessel as long as the clay is pliable and as long as the clay is willing to allow the potter to poke and prod and move some things around in our life. He can create of us a vessel unto honor, sanctified and ready for the master's use. If you've got some broken areas in your life, I came to tell you this morning that God is desiring to pick you up and make of you a beautiful vessel for the Lord. I'm about to get happy. I know there ain't many of us here this morning, but I can tell you right now, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The imagery of the text is this. The nation of Israel is seen as the vessel or the clay. 
And God is saying, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. You are in his hand. You are in his hand. The potter is a picture of God, our Father. The plan was to remold and remake and reshape. Beloved, my point this morning is this. God delights in turning broken vessels into valuable works of art. God delights in turning broken vessels into valuable works of art. God loves and actually seems to be drawn to broken people. That's what scripture teaches us. Let me share with you just three things that the Holy Spirit placed upon my heart. Three reasons that there is value in broken vessels. The first, broken vessels are valuable because broken people recognize their need for God. Let that sink in for just a minute. Broken vessels are valuable because broken people see their need for God. If you're running through life thinking you got a tiger by the tail and everything is coming up roses, you're, you're not going to call on the Lord. You feel like you got it made. You got everything under control. But if you are broken in, in your spirit and broken in heart and broken over the sin and remorseful and filled with guilt and filled with shame and filled with a, a, an inadequate feeling, knowing that you can't help yourself, God is drawn to you. God is drawn to you. Broken vessels are value because broken people recognize their need for God. Can you prove that with scripture, Pastor Gary? Amen. In Luke chapter 18, there are two men that went to the temple to pray. You can read it in Luke chapter 18. The parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. You can read it in Luke 18. The Bible said they both went to the temple to pray. However, their prayers were very different. Here's, here's the way the Pharisee prayed. He said in verse eight or chapter 18, verse 11 and verse 12, he said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. I thank you that I'm not like this tax collector over here. I'm not a robber. I'm not an evildoer. I'm not an adulterer. I don't even, I don't even collect taxes like this tax collector. Scoundrel. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of everything that I make to God. Compare that prayer to the tax collector. The Bible said in, in chapter 18, verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He stood afar off and would not even look up into the heavens, but bowed his head and said, Oh God, have mercy upon me. For I am a sinful man. I said broken people are valuable because they recognize their need for God. If, if you feel broken in your spirit, in some areas in your life, maybe God is just trying to bring you to the place where you recognize your need for him in that area of your life.
Hopefully it is evident to you that the difference in their prayers, the Pharisees stood confident, boasting in his self-righteousness, telling God what a wonderful person that he was. And the tax collector, the one who was broken, that broken vessel said, Oh God, have mercy upon me. And the Bible said that the tax collector went home justified rather than the Pharisee. Amen. There is an old expression out there that says God helps those that help themselves. That's not true. That's not Bible. That's not to say that you're not supposed to be a go-getter, but I'm just telling you that expression is not true. God helps those who realize that they cannot help themselves. That's Bible. God helps those that realize that they cannot help themselves. Listen to the Bible in Psalms chapter 34 and verse number 18. Here's what God says. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saves those that be of a contrite spirit. The Lord is near to those that are of a broken heart. Isaiah 57 and verse number 15 in the New King James says, For thus says the Lord, the high and the lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place. And I am with those who have a contrite and a humble spirit. Amen. I like the way that God's word translation states that verse. He says, but I am with those who are crushed and are humbled and I will renew those with a humble heart and I will give courage to those who are crushed. Amen. What God is saying is I am near to those that are broken and I am there so that I can lift them up and renew their strength. Psalms 51 verse 10 through verse 17. Let me read that to you. The psalmist says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners shall be converted. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. This guy's done some stuff. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. The God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth and I will show forth your praise for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. But he says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a a broken and contrite heart. These things, O God, you will not despise. The man who prayed that prayer understood that God was near unto the brokenhearted. The man who prayed that prayer understood that God was not in the business of throwing out 
broken vessels. The man, the psalmist, the man who prayed that prayer trusted that God could pick up the broken pieces of his life and give him a brand new start. The man that prayed that prayer was none other than King David. That man that prayed that prayer was none other than King David after an illicit sexual affair with a woman or with another man's wife. And he had that man murdered. You hear what I'm saying? David came to the place where he was broken and realized that he needed the salvation of God. And God was there. And God picked him back up and renewed his life. God wants you to know that there is a place of great value for broken vessels. Broken vessels, broken people recognize their need for God. Secondly, broken vessels are valuable because broken people help other people. Hello? Broken people help other people. Broken people develop a God-given compassion for others. Broken people, people that have walked through some stuff, have learned to have some compassion and learned to have, they're, they're more sensitive, they're more empathetic, they're, they're more considerate, they're more compassionate because they've been in that place of hurting themselves. Broken people help. Other broken people. In other words, God uses our experiences to help others if we will allow him to. Again, that's Bible. That's what Jesus did for you and I. Here's what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 15. The Bible said, For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he was in all points tempted like we are and yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace or find a grace to help in a time of need. What is he saying? He's saying that Jesus Christ came, amen, from uh, uh, heaven and he came to this earth uh, in the form of a man so that he could experience what it's like to be a human uh, amen and he was touched with the feeling of our infirmities in other words uh, he knows what we are going through every day of our life uh, amen and because he has sat where we sat uh, amen I'm telling you this morning he has compassion and he has sensitivity and he has uh, amen a, a loving spirit toward us and is willing to help our infirmities. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 3 and verse number 4, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we, listen to this, so that we can comfort those in trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. I said broken people are value because broken people help other broken people. Amen. Remember what it felt like. Remember what God brought you through. And when you remember those things, it brings a compassion to your heart when you see others walking that same road. 
Amen. Broken soil produces crops. Broken clouds produce rain. Broken grain brings forth bread. Broken bread produces nourishment and life for our body. It is the alabaster box that brings forth the sweet smell of perfume. It is a broken Peter who goes out weeping bitterly because uh, he had failed the Lord who returned in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost uh, to do great and mighty things for God. I'm telling you this morning, broken vessels uh, are valuable to the work of the kingdom of God. Maybe through our broken experiences, we will be able to comfort others. Maybe it is because of our brokenness we will learn to have compassion and patience for others. Maybe we don't even know it. Maybe we don't even realize it. But could it be that what we are going through and the brokenness in our life will become a source of strength for others who know our story and wonder how in the world we ever made it through? What I'm saying this morning is don't be afraid of your brokenness. What I'm saying is it may be through your brokenness that others come to believe. God uses broken people. There's a story in the book of Ruth, and I won't take a great deal of time sharing all of the details of that story. But there was a woman by the name of Naomi. Had a husband and beautiful, two beautiful sons daughter-in-laws, they went to Moab. And when they moved down to Moab, her husband died. And then her two sons died. You talk about broken. Naomi was a broken woman, but so was her daughter-in-law, Ruth. And it was because of Naomi that Ruth became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? I'm saying broken people have the ability to help other broken people. Broken people have the ability to help other broken people. Number three, thirdly, broken vessels are valuable because broken people become trophies of the grace of God. Broken people become trophies of the grace of God. I'll use Paul as an example. His name is Saul of Tarsus. In Acts chapter 8, he stands and watch as they stone Stephen, a man of God, they stone him to death. And Paul or Saul is standing there holding the coats of those that threw the rocks, consenting unto his death. In Acts chapter 8, verse number 3, the Bible says, And Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house, and he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. We get to Acts chapter 9, and Saul is still spewing out his murderous venom, Acts 9, 1 and 2. Meanwhile, the Bible says Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples, uh, and he went into the high priest and asked him for letters. Uh, he went to the synagogue in Damascus so that he found, if he found anyone who belonged to the Lord, whether they were a man or a woman, he might take them and imprison them in Jerusalem. 
He is a broken vessel doing harm to the kingdom of God. Saul felt justified and righteous, amen, because he was a zealous Pharisee. And yet with all of his knowledge and all of his training, he somehow missed that Jesus was the Messiah. But you know the story on the road to Damascus. He came face to face with Jesus Christ. And that encounter changed not only his name from Saul to Paul, but it changed his life radically. And that broken vessel became a testimony of God's grace, became a trophy of God's grace. Here's Paul in his own words in 1 Timothy 1, 12 through 16. Paul said, I thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me unto this service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a very violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and in unbelief. The grace of the Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying and deservance of full acceptance or full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into this world to save sinners of whom I am chief, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, listen to this, but for that very because I was the worst. For that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. What Paul is saying is because I was absolutely the worst, God used me as an example for others to see that he can take a broken vessel and turn it into a, amen, a trophy of grace. That's me. That's me. Broken people recognize their need for God. Broken people help other broken people when they can. And broken people, what seems to be unvaluable broken vessels, Become a champion of God's grace. A trophy for God to display of his goodness. Not anything that we have. But of his grace and his mercy. Broken people become trophies of the grace of God. I want to close this morning with a parable or a fable that I read many, many years ago. And the story goes something like this. A water bearer in India 
had two large pots, two large water pots that hung on the end of a pole. He would take the pole and put it across his back or his shoulders, and he would travel to the stream and fill the water pots with water. One of the pots was absolutely perfect. But one of, the, one of the water pots on the other side had a crack in it. And, and the bearer would fill the water pots and the long walk back to the master's house. By the time that he arrived, the one water pot that was perfect delivered a full content or container of water. But the other water pot, the imperfect water pot, with the crack, by the time they made the long walk, it only delivered about half of its content because the other half had leaked out along the way. And for a full two years, this went on daily with the bear delivering only one and a half pots of water to the master's house. The perfect pot was so proud of its accomplishments Perfect to the end for which it was made. But the poor cracked water pot was ashamed of its own imperfections and miserable that it could not accomplish but just half of what it was intended to accomplish. And for two years of what that water pot perceived to be failure, one day while standing at the stream, the cracked water pot said, to the water bearer, I am so ashamed of myself. I am so ashamed of my imperfections and my flaws. And the bear said, why, what are you ashamed of? And the water pot replied, for these past two years, I'm only able to deliver only half of the load because of this crack in my side and the water leaks out along the way to the master's house. Feeling sorry for the old cracked pot, the bear had compassion upon him and said, I want you to notice as we return to the master's house, the beautiful flowers that are along your side of the trail. They finally get back to the master's house and the water pot once again says to the bear, I am, I'm so flawed and and I feel so badly, and the, the, the water bearer says to that crackpot, did you notice the flowers along the way on your side? Yes. The bearer said to that cracked water pot, that's because I've known your flaws all along. And I took advantage of your flaws, and I planted flower seeds along your side of the path so that every day you would be able to water them along the way. And it is because of you that I have beautiful flowers to set upon my master's table. It is because of your imperfections and because of your inadequacies, I, amen, I could decorate the master's table with the beautiful flowers because I've taken into consideration your brokenness. 
The moral of the story is that we each have our own unique flaws. We are all cracked water pots. In this world, we are all cracked water pots. But the story of the potter teaches us that the potter does not throw away the clay. He remolds and remakes and reshapes and uses us for his glory anyway. Will you bow your heads, please? The truth is this morning we are all broken vessels. But God. But God. God values broken vessels. Father, in the name of Jesus this morning, I have delivered what you have laid upon my spirit. I pray right now, Father God, in Jesus' name, that you will allow those that feel broken and useless and worthless, I pray right now, Father, that you would allow them to recognize the value that they have in you. We may look at areas of our life and see nothing but inadequacy. We may look in areas of our life and see nothing but incompetence. But God, help us to understand that you know us with all of our faults, all of our failures, all of our flaws. And you still chose us. The scripture teaches that we did not choose you, but you chose us. Help us to recognize that you value the broken. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we will be pliable in your hand. That you can make of us a vessel of honor. A vessel to be blessed and useful for the kingdom of God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We pray that prayer in the name of Jesus. Maybe right where you are this morning, you would be willing to just slip up your hand and say, Lord, I am the clay and you are the potter. Make of me what you want me to be. Yes, yes. Lord, you are the potter and I'm the clay. Make of me what you want me to be. Mend my broken areas. Mend my broken, my cracked areas. And make me a vessel for your glory. Is there anyone else you'd slip up a hand and say, Preacher, that's me. God sees hands that have been lifted here in the sanctuary. Pray this prayer with me as we pray with all of you in closing. Lord, I pray that you will cause me to be mended and useful for your glory. I pray that you will help me to understand the value of my own brokenness. Lord, nothing, you, you allow nothing to go to waste. All things work together for good 
to them that love the Lord who are the called according to your purpose. All things work together. I don't understand how you could take my brokenness, but Lord, amen, I, I, I realized that you could water some flowers along the way. I, I want to remain pliable. I want to remain useful for the master. Touch every heart, every life, and every individual with your word this morning, I pray. And Father, as we dismiss from this place this morning, I would ask that you would just simply touch hearts and touch lives. Bless each family. Lord, minister to them spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically. Every need of every household. Bless our nation as it continues to open Bless the churches in our valley, the businesses in our valley. I pray, I know God that, you know, the, the scripture teaches of Job that everything that he had was taken from him. But the end of that story is that you replaced it sevenfold. And I pray, Father, that everything that the enemy has tried to take from business and from the churches and from families with this COVID. I pray, God, that you will absolutely replace it sevenfold. Let there be an acceleration of your blessing. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Until we are able to come back again here in this place, Lord, watch over each one. And we will give you the praise and give you the thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone in agreement said amen. Amen, amen. God richly, richly bless you this morning. Please come again.